Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Emmy Mutale. She is the owner and founder of Feminine Revered, an intuitive healer, an energy medicine practitioner, and a shamanic womb priestess. Welcome, Emmy. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for being here. We, uh, we've had to reschedule this a time or two, so I'm, I'm really happy to finally have you here. <laughs> we can sit down and actually have this conversation and we can share more about your journey and the work you do with the world. And I just appreciate you making and taking the time to be here with me today. Mm, thank you, Brad. Really, really appreciate you and all the work that you do in the world. Thank you. So as mentioned, you are all of those things. You are also dedicated to reawakening ancient feminine wisdom. How long have you been working as an intuitive healer, Emmy? Mm, that question is actually more complex than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> we got time. Let's go. <laughs> sure. Well, basically, I've been really intrigued by the healing arts ever since I was a small girl and really started to learn and study my first healing modalities in a, in a professional sense in my early 20s. And I have always been really intuitive. It's just been part of the way I am. And of course, when I was younger, I probably didn't call it intuitive healing. Right. It was just something that came through me whenever I was working with clients or with friends and providing different types of healing sessions for them. So I would say that I've more officially called myself an intuitive <laughs> healer probably for the past 10 years or so, but I really wouldn't be able to provide you with like a perfect timeline or date <laughs> around that. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard to pinpoint for sure. But I'm curious, how did you discover that you had the gift of being able to heal with energy? Mm. Well, I think it's important to mention that it is actually not me who does the healing. I'm, I'm the one right. who provides and facilitates a sacred and safe space. Right. And it's kind of like a conduit for universal energies, for divine energies to come through me that then enable the person that I'm working with to come to a place internally. In other words, come to a place of more balance and harmony and peace within themselves that then kind of automatically kicks in the body's natural organic healing process. Now, when did you really embrace your gift and start to use it to help people? In my early 20s, when, early when 20s. I actually started to provide sessions for clients, at that time, I was learning Zen Shiatsu through the Zen Shiatsu School um, in London. Okay. I was studying there at the time, doing my studies in anthropology and communications. But because of my passion for the healing arts, I was also doing this. So learning Zen Shiatsu and then starting to provide sessions for clients as well. And Zen Shiatsu is beautiful because it really is in many ways 
quite an intuitive, gentle massage therapy that works with the energy centers and the meridians or the energy channels that we all have inside our bodies, but also allows the practitioner to work very intuitively and allow the energies from the client to, to guide us where we go next. Now, I've heard of shiatsu, but I've never heard of Zen shiatsu. So could you, what are the differences? Well, Zen shiatsu really is, as I said, quite an intuitive branch of shiatsu. And um, it really allows us to root into and tap into our innate knowing and into the energy of the client and also into the energy field around us and allow for that information around what needs to happen next what ought to happen next in the healing journey to really guide us and it is of course also um it it brings in a lot of um taoist thinking philosophy and practices as well and it's a very beautiful holistic way of approaching the body as a whole the being as a whole and looking at the healing journey as one that is not just about the diagnosis that we might have been given but as Mm -hmm. something that requires us to understand the patient's history, requires to understand the energy flows within our bodies and much, much more. Now, I'm always curious about this and I love hearing different people's thoughts on it, but do you believe that everyone has the ability to be an intuitive within and it's just a matter of having the right guidance, I guess, if you will, to do so or figuring out how to tap into it? Oh, absolutely. I think it's really important to remember that we all are energy beings and we've just simply been born into these physical bodies in this lifetime, these vehicles that host our spirits, the energy within ourselves. And in many ways, we have been programmed and conditioned to forget that we all have this intuitive wisdom, intuitive knowing inside of us by patriarchy, by the way the world works nowadays. And we all have access to intuition. We all have access to this deep, deep inner knowing that is always connected to what you might term universal energy, what you might term source. You can give it any other name if you like, but Mm -hmm. it is this understanding that we are all connected because we are energy. And when I say we are all connected, I'm not just talking about human beings. I'm talking about all living beings on our planet and beyond Brad as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nature, animals, everything. Absolutely. I've also heard many people say that we as humans have all the tools we need within us to help in our in healing ourselves. Is that something you subscribe to or believe in? And if so, what would you say to people who say, no, that's not true or call bullshit on that? Mm, yes, we absolutely. I mean, our bodies are incredibly powerful healing machines almost. We have the innate power and ability to heal pretty much anything, unless it truly is our time to simply exit from our bodies in in this lifetime. But we all have incredibly powerful healing energies within ourselves. And for those people who have forgotten this, who have perhaps been conditioned to be disconnected from that innate healing power, I would simply just say, I'm sorry. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry that the circumstances in your life have led to a point where you have forgotten your divinity, where you have forgotten the incredible healing power that you innately possess and have within you. And that I truly hope that one day something will happen on your path that will allow you to reconnect with this power deep within you so that you truly are able to see your life and our world 
from a bigger picture perspective that hopefully will then open up new avenues in many, many different ways for you as well. That's interesting because I asked this question of someone else a little while back and she said, no, she does not believe that we all have those powers. And that is Mm -hmm. why we have all these healers in the world is because we can't, we simply cannot do all the things we need other people that are better trained, have more knowledge in these modalities to help with that kind of thing that we don't all have that power within us. So I Mm -hmm. thought that was quite interesting. That is interesting. And I'm, I'm also not advocating for everybody to become healers. That's not what I'm <laughs> no, saying. no, no, not at all. What I'm saying is that we have that power within ourselves. And if you yes. work with a professional healer, for example, no matter what the modality is, mm-hmm. those powers within you can be harnessed. Yeah. And you can really, through those healing modalities, healing processes, come to a place where you are at so much more peace, free from pain, or at least with reduced pain and potentially Mm -hmm. having even completely cleared what might be termed chronic conditions, chronic diseases or illnesses. I'm of that mind too. I believe that we do all have those tools or gifts within us. It's just a matter of, again, it's like the intuition, right? It's a matter of whether we take the time to hone those skills and tune into them and use them. I mean, let's be honest, not everybody wants to do that. So those skills or those gifts lie dormant within us. If they don't want to do it, they will stay dormant within us. But I do believe that we all have the tools within us 100%. Agreed. Can you talk a little bit about your business, Feminine Revered, when you started it? What's the focus? Mm, Yes, Feminine Revered is really my baby (laughs) in many ways. And it was born out of this deep yearning, this deep passion to bring healing onto our planet on a larger scale. And it is dedicated specifically to reawakening ancient feminine wisdom that, again, we have so many of us have been disconnected from, conditioned to forget about because of patriarchy and because of the way our world has been shaped for thousands of years now. And its intention in in many ways is to support, especially women, also men, but especially women, to really reconnect with that ancient feminine wisdom that I truly believe we all have deep inside our bodies, especially in our warm spaces, and to heal wounds that really stop us from loving ourselves exactly the way we are, and to step into our sacred feminine power so that we can truly walk the paths we're meant to walk in this lifetime and speak our truth and share our soul gifts with the world without fear around being seen or without fear of being criticized or even punished for speaking our truth and really shining our light. Now, I want to ask you something. You've brought this up twice now since we started. And what I'm talking about is the fact that you say we have been conditioned to not use our gifts or not tap into our gifts. I've heard people talk about this and they say that they think that part of the reason for all of this societal conditioning, the patriarchy, all of that shit is because they fear that if more people got, and I hate using this word, but woke or tapped into their gifts and we united, we would become that much more powerful of a union and they don't want that. Mm, Absolutely. You are spot on with that one. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think it it goes especially with women. I mean, if you look at the kind of systematic silencing and oppression that's been taking place globally now for thousands of years, that's intended to really make sure that women are not connected to their power. 
And this really stems from the fact that in the ancient times, it was actually women who were revered for their power. And this power was centered around their wombs, because as carriers of wombs, physical wombs, we were also able to and are able to birth new life. And what yeah. could be more powerful than that? Nothing. Exactly. And the ancients also understood that our wombs really are portals into multidimensional wisdom and knowing. They are incredibly powerful cauldrons for healing, for alchemical processes. And through our wombs, we can also create not just new life, but new projects, art, books, any creative processes are really deeply seated in the womb space and really to manifest the kind of lives that we want for ourselves and collectively for our planet as well. And this is incredibly powerful. And yeah. with the dawn of patriarchy, at least what I believe in is that this power became to be feared on a massive scale. And there was a need to start pushing this power down because dominion was wanted by a small group of people as uh -huh. predominantly men. But I, I know yeah. that women have also played big parts, big roles in patriarchal systems of oppression and silencing of women as well. But essentially, it was during that systematic oppression of women that we really truly were made to forget that power made to forget our connection to our womb spaces and that still lives inside our dna that lives in our cellular memory in such a powerful way that for many of us it really is a huge deal to step into a bigger leadership role to start to speak our truth because in the past we would have been severely punished for yeah. having done that so this mm -hmm. is really the background to it and it's beautiful to notice how over the past five to 10 years, perhaps a little bit longer now, there's been this conscious awakening around yes. our planet where women are really starting to understand this and reclaim mm -hmm. their power, step into their power. And so many men who are also really starting to wake up to the sacred role of the masculine in all of yeah. this, which is really to be a guardian, a protector, mm -hmm. provider of the sacred safe container for the women to really be able to be in their power, in their manifesting power, in this birthing energy of new life and new the, the new earth on our planet as well. And also let women know that we are allies. Let the feminine know that the men are allies. You know, I, I think it's funny how much the tables have turned in the past couple of years, specifically with all that's gone on around the world and how much more awakening to the consciousness, the, the collective consciousness has been going on. And I think it's amazing. And I, unfortunately, I think we still have a long way to go. We have a lot more work to do still. But I think that we as men need to start standing up more and showing the women that we're here and we're allies and that we hear you and we see you and we stand shoulder to shoulder with you. There's no more need for this bullshit war of the sexes, feminine versus masculine, and we need to unite. And I think this, going back to my question, this is what I think is starting to scare people, scare those people that have been keeping those gifts and been conditioning us as people that these gifts don't exist, that they're not there. And people are starting to discover them. And I think they're getting scared because there is an awakening happening globally.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. I mean, what's happening at the moment is that those systems and structures that we've kind of grown up trusting and yeah. believing are an organic, natural part of the way we should live. And here I'm talking about financial systems. I'm talking about mm-hmm. big pharma. I'm talking about yeah. the edu- education system as it is now. And all these so-called foundations for the modern Western way of living, they literally are crumbling in front they of are. our very eyes. And this is a big part of that fear that you were talking about by those that are holding the reins at the moment still. They, they are getting really, really scared. And I have goosebumps every time I talk about this. <laughs> they, they are getting really scared. And that's why you're seeing so much more of a push for repression and silencing happening at such a global scale. And the last two or three years have really, really shown that to us on a massive scale. Absolutely. I love talking about this stuff. This stuff Oh, it, it's so intriguing to me. And it's just, it lights me up thinking about the changes that are happening and seeing the changes that are happening in the collective globally. It's just, it's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. It really it just is. needs, it just needs to happen at a quicker pace, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah. It's, I think it's all about divine timing and, and yes. we literally are kind of like in this birth canal at the moment in terms yeah. of birthing and bringing into being the new earth. And it could potentially be that if that process became too fast or too quick, we could potentially jeopardize something very sacred and something very precious along the way. Very true. So, so as crazy and chaotic and mad <laughs> the external, <laughs> yeah. external circumstances around us may seem, there is a certain beauty to it. And I, I recently interviewed one of my womb awakening teachers, uh, Sarah Bertrand, an amazing, incredible magician in so many ways. And she was saying that in many ways we have summoned the past three years into being because for the new to be born, everything that came before it that doesn't serve the highest good of all has to be smashed, has to be broken down. And for a lot of people, what's been happening over the past years has really come as what I might call a rude awakening. Yes. This removing of the scales in front of our eyes as to what's been happening on our planet for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, and who really has been holding the reins and creating these matrices, perhaps, around <laughs> what, is, what is reality and, and yeah. what isn't. It's like we're living in a movie. It honestly is. It's at, These are unprecedented times, and it is beautiful to see things unfolding the way they are. It truly is. Yeah, it's a very a special scary. time to be alive. Yeah, it is, for sure. I mean, there are some very scary things going on, but... Mm-hmm. In order for us to get to the light, there has to be dark, right? So we've got to go through those times to get to the other side of it. Yeah. And we've and, just and got dark, to keep that in mind. Yes, absolutely. And and coming from the womb awakening tradition, I mean, darkness is beautiful. It is in darkness that new life is born. I mean, think about yeah. Mother Earth and how seeds start to germinate within yeah. the fertile, rich soil at where it's absolutely dark inside Mother yeah. Earth's womb and how babies are also conceived in darkness and spend the first nine months of their life in that darkness Mm -hmm. inside the wombs for human beings. And of course, differently for different animals. But it is really that darkness that we need right now, really to be able to tune into that inner knowing, that intuition Mm -hmm. that is always, always connected to source. And that is always connected to love, which is the the most powerful medicine that we have in our hands on our planet. 
Yeah, absolutely. And as they say, though, you cannot appreciate the light without having the darkness. So mm. we need to go through that. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. What type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with the Emmy? Well, first and foremost, there needs to be an energetic alignment. So I always meet with potential clients before I actually start to work with them. And I always tune into the energetic connection that we have. And it's really important that they resonate with the kinds of themes that I teach and talk about in my work. And there usually is either already a deep devotion to their own spiritual paths, or it's something that is starting to emerge within them. I call it the, the whisper of the great mother. They starting <laughs> to hear this yearning. There's this yearning or this calling for something bigger, for something yeah. different. And they're not quite able to put their finger on it necessarily yet, but they know there's something bigger meant for them. And that bigger seems to exist in a realm that has until now not been a huge part of their lives necessarily. And when they come to me as, as clients, then it, it really is about this willingness to dive deep, dive deep into the shadows, to dive deep into the wounds that really contain a lot of light and a lot of treasures inside of them. And they have this courage to walk the path that might be painful at times, might even bring them to their knees at times, but eventually will bring so much expansion and openness and insight and deeper connection to their womb spaces, deeper connection to source and deeper connection to their sacred mission in this lifetime. I love it. So beautiful and powerful. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? Oh my goodness me, <laughs> seeing the transformation and the change that people go through and literally kind of like this new person that emerges from these journeys of healing and transformation, women who are more deeply rooted in their feminine power, more balanced in terms of their feminine and masculine energy inside of themselves, more clear on who they are meant to be in this lifetime and what kind of a path they're meant to walk and also more ready to speak their truth and, and share their gifts in the world. So really that transformation and, and being able to hold sacred and safe space, whether it's in a retreat setting or one-on-one -on -one with a client or in a group, whether it's online or in person in the same room, that to me is such an honor and such a privilege and also huge responsibility that I don't take lightly. For sure. Transformation it has got to be one of, if not the most beautiful things to witness in life. It is so powerful and so beautiful. Mm. Yes, it, it surely is. And what, what I often say is that <laughs> what's happening globally at the moment, the transformation that we're seeing is also being mirrored and reflected inside every single individual. So this is now really a really beautiful time to take that step onto that healing path and, and to really bring up that courage to, to dive deeper and allow whatever wounds or trauma that we might be holding onto, whether it's from this lifetime, from a past life, something that we've taken on through our lineages from our ancestors, or something that's really is living inside of ourselves through the collective experiences of women all around the world for thousands of years. And, and to really honor what's been going on for us, witness it, honor it, and 
release it in a way that is very, very empowering. You say that you found your calling and that it is that it is to hold a sacred, protected space for other women as they heal lifetimes of wounding, nourish their wombs and souls, and learn to lead from a place of inner conviction and authenticity. Why have you decided to make this your mission and why is it so personally important to you? Well, the mission kind of found me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it really is about that inner calling and yearning for me as well. And also when I started to really heal those deep wounds around worthiness and deservingness and not wanting to be seen because of fear around I might be criticized or I might be punished or I might be laughed at and really answer that calling, that whisper from the great mother, that wink from my womb in, <laughs> in many ways. It really was just a matter of saying yes to that and allowing the path to unfold. Many times I have absolutely no idea what lies ahead of me, whether it's tomorrow or a month yeah. from now or a year from now, but it's really having the courage to listen to that intuitive voice, that voice from the great mother, and then taking the necessary steps to to walk that path. Can you tell us, for those who might not be in the know, what is a shamanic womb priestess? And can you speak a little bit about the work you do as a shamanic womb priestess? Mm, absolutely, yeah. So this is really centered on the understanding that our wombs are sacred cauldrons of feminine wisdom and power. And as I've mentioned before, so many of us have lived most of our lives disconnected from this power because of patriarchy, because of the conditioning that we've touched on already. And it really is about reclaiming that power at a very, very deep level and healing the wounds that still live inside ourselves around having the courage to claim that power. And as a shamanic priestess, and this is now my own definition, others might differ on this, but being a shamanic priestess is, is really honoring both the shamanic path and the priestess path and really allowing the deep rooted earth wisdom and connection, the ritual and ceremony that honors Mother Earth, Pachamama in various ways. That is the way of the shaman in very, very simplistic terms and marrying that with the priestess path that often is associated with connecting with celestial wisdom, working with goddesses, working with ancient feminine mystery school traditions and so on, and really marrying those into a powerful alchemical potion, for want of a, <laughs> want of a better word, and really allowing the traditions from both to guide me and be my shining light on my path. And I'm, I'm using very, very simplistic terms yeah. here, but yeah. uh, essentially it is about pulling together two beautiful wisdom traditions that carry enormous power and feeling into what feels aligned for me based on my soul and life experiences in this lifetime also what i'm getting through my lineages and what is being brought to me through past life experiences and through the collective experiences of women and of course through my own womb which really is the foundation of a lot of this this wisdom and this knowing that is coming through and of course honoring my teachers on the shamanic path and on the womb priestessing path as well. I love it. I absolutely love this. You also run House of Gaia. Can you share a little bit about that? 
Oh, House of Gaia, my baby. <laughs> you got two babies now. I do, imagine. <laughs> yeah, so House of Gaia is my retreat center, my healing and transformation center based in Lusaka, Zambia. And it was my dream for years and years and years to have an actual physical space where I could carry on with my healing work and organize retreats and workshops and trainings and see clients with the various healing modalities that I use. And I then manifested this place a few years ago now. And although I'm not using it hugely at the moment for trainings and workshops and so on, my most of my work is, is focused on one-on-one -on -one clients in Zambia at the moment, but also because I kind of hop between two different continents quite a bit at the moment. Right. So I, I spend part of the year in Finland part of the year in Zambia and it essentially though House of Gaia is meant to be this center that is dedicated to this ancient feminine wisdom and that allows for people to come together women to come together all committed to their healing to to their spiritual paths and experience something something beautiful but also it's it's got a deeper layer to it as well it's also very strongly anchoring in healing energies in that part of the world and connecting to celestial realms connecting to the womb of Gaia and womb of mother earth and really just i find it to be this very beautiful anchor of balance, of harmony, of peace in that part of the world. Sounds incredibly beautiful and powerful. Hmm, thank you. I want to speak a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, Sacred Feminine Power, again, had been a dream of mine for many years. <laughs> it had been in the etheric pipeline, as I like to say, for a long time. And when the time was right, and intriguingly, this really coincided with the start of the madness on our planet about three years ago, so really in the beginning of what I like to call the pandemic. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I love that. Well, giving credit to Mickey Willis and his amazing, amazing documentarial work around this. But yes, so it was birthed around that time. And essentially, the intention of it on the one hand is to showcase the voices of soul sisters and soul brothers who have stepped into their sacred feminine power in their unique ways in different parts of the world and are, are leaders in their own rights in many ways. At a deeper level, it is, again, dedicated to the rise of the divine feminine, the ascension process that our planet is going through. And my intention is for every single episode to provide these moments of insights and little awakenings and goosebumps to our listeners. <laughs> And through that really raised the vibration on our planet as well. And I've had the most amazing, beautiful, magical guests on this podcast. Most of the episodes are interviews with others. Okay. I have a couple of solo episodes there as well. But I just love connecting with people and interviewing them and getting to know them better through the podcast. And really then through that, also sharing their message to a wider audience. It was an honor to be a guest on the podcast. So thank you for that. It was a great experience. Well, thank you. It was wonderful to have you there as well. You have said that there is power and potential that we all carry within us, within our wounds. Can you explain what that statement means to you on a personal level? Well, it kind of culminates into what I've been talking about on, on this um, interview already quite a bit. But it really is about reconnecting with and reclaiming ancient wisdom that we all have inside ourselves and really understanding that we are, every single one of us, we are divine. We are here for a purpose. We all have a sacred mission that is unique to 
you and to me. And when we learn to tap into this potential, whether it's through the womb space, which is my perhaps biggest avenue for tapping into this power, or through some other part of you that you are familiar with, that's when the magic really starts to happen on a big scale in our lives as well. And there's this deeply rooted, anchored knowing that I am doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing in this lifetime. And there is this bigger purpose to everything that we do. That is such a profound moment when you realize that you have discovered what your purpose is here on this planet. It is, it's an indescribable feeling. It is, there's so much power in that, in seeing that, in realizing that. And, you know, I honestly wish that, because I think about this on a grander scale, there are so many people who go through this life and never realize or never look into or never find what their purpose or their mission is here on this planet. And that makes me sad to think about that because you it, it changes your life completely when you realize that you found your your purpose your mission it's an an incredible shift in your mindset in your in everything about you and there are so many people that walk through this life almost zombified and just doing what they have been conditioned to do and like it's almost like they're zombies walking up punching a clock go in do their thing punch the clock again to leave. It, it's sad. It really is. It is sad. And I think that the main thing, perhaps the only thing we can do is really to hold space for yeah. the greater awakening to take place and really start to touch more and more lives and for the conditioning to, to really crumble to the extent that every single person on our planet gets a chance to really tap into that potential, into that divinity that we all carry inside of ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think, as you said, we are all sent here with our, with a gift. And I think that everybody should have the experience and the joy of being able to tap into that and use that gift. Because who are we to deprive the world of our gifts? The world mm -hmm. needs to, to see the gifts that each individual has and experience those gifts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yet it takes a lot of courage to yeah. actually do that, to break through that conditioning. Of course, the challenge there is that a lot of people don't even realize that they are living in a conditioned program and are very happy or unhappy to go through their lives yeah. following the same routines every single day. And there, the powers that be have been incredibly successful in terms of putting together these structures that keep people enslaved in routines that they believe they need to adhere to without realizing that there could be so much more out there. Yep. And all of this starts from such a young age with the education system and oh, parental societal. I mean, with kids, I think it starts at the educational and parental level with the conditioning because the parents have been conditioned to think this way. So they pass that down on down through the lineage, right? So it's just, mm -hmm. it does take a lot of work to break that cycle, but it is so worth it when you break through to the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thankfully, there's more and more souls stepping into their leadership roles and supporting people to really take those first steps to break out of that conditioning. Absolutely. So I want to speak a little bit now about your best-selling author status. You are a best-selling author. Can you speak a little bit about the book you participated in and what your story was all about? Oh, absolutely. I've actually got two books that have made oh, the bestseller stages right. now. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, both of them are co-author books. Um, yeah. The first one published through Crystal Hill Publishing. It's called yep. Fearless Presence. And the second one published through AMA Publishing. 
that you've also been part of called yes. Sacred Redesign. Yes. And the first book, as the name says, is, is really about stepping into a power, letting go of that fear, releasing that fear, healing that fear that stops us from being who we're meant to be. And in that book, I wrote at length about my experience of what I call the, the sister wound. And this could turn okay. into a very long conversation, but I'm going to try and keep it, <laughs> keep it brief. But it's essentially, it is still about the conditioning and the way us women tend to criticize each other, compare ourselves to other women and how we tend to compete and push mm -hmm. each other down rather than lift each other up. And this is very much about this conditioning around suppressing and silencing women's power. Because imagine if women were to come together, how powerful would that be? Oh, that the world scary. would fucking change. Oh, it, it, it certainly there would. Be would. A, yeah, like it would be, <laughs> we'd be living in a completely different world. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that uh, chapter in that book is really about my journey with the sister wound and how I've managed to a large extent overcome that and how that has really changed my life and in many ways catapulted me to do the work that I do as well. And then the sacred design chapter, again, is more about my story from growing up in a family where I wasn't really allowed to express my emotions. I wasn't really allowed to express my opinions and growing up with a dad who, although having a huge heart and having so many beautiful qualities as well, also struggled with mental illness, struggled with alcoholism and was brought up in a very strict military style way of living himself and kind of passed that on to us as well. So it was really about me reclaiming my power and coming out of that family-based conditioning of not really being worthy, that my voice doesn't matter and that I don't really deserve to lead a life of, of joy and abundance in, in many ways. So I want to ask you, I want to go back to the first story you wrote. Have you, doing all the work that you do and working with all the women that you do now, have you seen a shift in that behavior and conditioning where women are starting to wake up to that fact as well? And they're starting to realize that, hey, wait a minute, we've got to stop this this competition bullshit and we've got to start lifting each other up and supporting each other and leaning on each other have you seen a shift in that attitude mm -hmm, massively it is a huge yeah. part of the um, awakening process that our planet is going through at the moment and mm -hmm. it is a huge part of the rise of the divine feminine as well there are so many women waking up to to the understanding that this really has been part of the conditioning and the programming that's been going on for a very, very long time and, and really starting to heal those wounds around sisterhood, those wounds that come from this lifetime, hugely from past lives. I mean, just think back to the witch hunts, for example, yeah. and the collective damage that has done to both women and men, but especially to women. And yeah. also in terms of... Um, the collective experiences of women from all around the world. And here I'm referring to practices such as female genital mutilation, the foot binding that used to happen in China uh, for women, early marriages. Uh, for example, in Zambia, girls can be married off to men that are decades older than, than them already at the age of 10, 11 or 12 or 13. And all these kinds of practices that are still taking place on our planet in many parts of the world yeah. that are really about suppressing the power of women and keeping us in a subservient status 
compared to men. And we really, really are seeing a shift in that. It is not yet perhaps on a global scale, but more and more women are starting to, to wake up, starting to do the healing work around this, starting to do the forgiveness work, which is hugely important around this, and really starting to consciously look for collaboration opportunities, starting to, to change their relationships with other women and starting to really do the inner work that is needed for us to step into a place of power that is not led by a sense of shame around being a woman, that is not led by a sense of unworthiness because I'm a woman, that is not led by a sense of not deserving everything that we want because we are women. So it's a hugely complex, multi-layered topic, but yes, I am seeing a shift. <laughs> <laughs> I recently had a woman on who is an advocate against forced marriages. She she's from Bangladesh and she was mm -hmm. saying that's a huge issue still to this day. And I'm I'm thinking on one hand it's like I can see it, but on the other hand, I'm like I'm thinking, what the hell is wrong with this this world? Like why is this still going on? It's ridiculous that we are still dealing with something like that. Like that's horrible. Young girls being forced into marriage. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. And yet the background to it is, is quite complex again. Like if yeah. we look at my, my, most of my experience around human rights and especially women's and girls' rights is from the African continent. So I can speak most um, strongly to that. But yeah. it, it, there's a lot of underpinning factors to it as well. And I am not justifying this practice at all. But the underlying reasons for it include poverty. For a lot of families, they are marrying their girls off at an early age in order to receive the dowry so the money yes, um, yes that comes with the marriage some families simply cannot afford to look after the many kids that they have so somebody has to go there could also be issues around relationships with those people that the girl is is married to it could could be like a power relationship of some sort hierarchical relationship of some sort but essentially, it is incredibly damaging to the girl herself. And of course, it's damaging to the whole family. I mean, think about it. You, you are marrying off a girl who could be as young as 10 years old, sending her off to a future of potentially and most likely early pregnancy as well, which again yep. is hugely harmful to her body, biologically, physically. Yeah. And just imagine the emotional and mental consequences of that as well. As you said, there are so many layers to this and it's just, it's mind boggling that this still goes on. It truly is. It's horrific. Mm, it really is. Yeah. And it, it just simply is part of this global glue or this network of, of gluey connections yeah. that, that have to do again with the way we've been conditioned to live and think. And that is all about the power relations that are dependent on such relationships of power imbalance and relationships that subjugate in order to rule over. I hope yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Emmy, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that helps you become successful? <laughs> well, I do consider my ability to hold sacred and safe space a superpower in many ways, because I am told time and time again by clients, by the groups that I lead, the retreats that I run, that when I create that sacred space, people truly feel safe and they're able to go into really, really deep places on their journeys with my facilitation and guidance. And that is not coming from a place of wanting to boast, but I truly no. recognize that as something that 
has just organically grown within me, perhaps has always been within me, perhaps it's coming from previous lifetimes, but yeah. really, really that ability to really truly hold that sacred space for others for deep healing and transformation. That is a beautiful gift. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Hmm, so many things. Success for me essentially means freedom to choose, freedom hmm. to lead the kind of life that I want to lead. It does involve money, but money is not the be all and end all within it. But money is a part of it because at the moment in the societies that we live, money is still an important part of our lives. And we can do a lot of good with our money as well. Partially, it is about financial freedom, but it's also about time freedom. I love being able to decide what my day is going to look like. If I had to now start going to an office job and be there by 8 a.m. and leave the office at 4, 8, 4 p.m., I don't know if I could survive that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I speak from a very privileged and fortunate position because through my business, I'm able to create my schedule in a way that doesn't require me to go into that hamster wheel of specific office hours and clocking in and out. And I know that that is a privilege that is denied to many still. It's also about location freedom. So because I am not tied to a specific office that I need to go to Monday to Friday, I can pretty much do my work from anywhere. Most of my clients I serve online. So we meet on, on online platforms like Zoom and I can do this work from anywhere. It doesn't matter whether I'm in Finland or in Zambia or even India, I can continue yeah. to see my clients. And that is such a huge blessing that I also For don't sure. take lightly. And also really, you know, having the choices, having the freedom to bring into my life people, courses, trainings, programs that I am yearning for in order for my path to become even deeper and for me to continue learning on this path. So being able to do that when I had the calling to do that as well. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Mm, that's a very intriguing question. <laughs> <laughs> and I am called to actually go back to the time when I was a teenager. We're probably talking about when I was maybe 13 or 14, possibly 15, and realizing that the stuff that my parents were telling me, especially my father, the stuff that he was telling me wasn't actually necessarily the truth or the whole yeah. truth yeah. and really starting to see the world from a bigger perspective and really starting to read books that would have a huge impact on my life. I was such a bookworm and I would just devour <laughs> all these texts and this literature that probably wasn't your typical teenager's reading list, but I was <laughs> diving into Nietzsche. I was diving into Schopenhauer. I was reading about Buddhism, about different kinds of religions and, and really in many ways, traveling, journeying through the books that I was reading and accessing different kinds of consciousness and, and beliefs through what I was taking in. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Essentially, empowerment to me means standing in my power. So really, truly recognizing, accepting, allowing and aligning with my true power. And, said. Mm, and then using that power to create what I am meant to create and birth into being in this lifetime. Love it. 
Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid-fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be two, three, four-word answer type thing, okay? Okay. What is one thing you've always wanted to do in your life but never have? Performing a musical. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> I'm sure you'll you'll get there one day. Oh, that's, that's going to be a long journey, Brad, but yes. That's okay. You can do it. You can do it. What was your dream job as a child? Oh, I had three. Archaeologist, okay. uh, neurosurgeon, wow. and the third one, I think, was a vet. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe yourself in one word? Oh, my goodness me. Intuitive. What's the first thing you notice about a person? The energy. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? It's never too late to heal. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. <laughs> if you could have one superhero superpower, what would it be? I'm intrigued to say teleportation right now. Okay. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly <laughs> scheduled program. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Mm, probably meeting one of my shamanic teachers completely out of the blue. I was going to attend a retreat that was based on um, a Peruvian shamanic tradition in South Africa. And the facilitator of the retreat paired me up with a woman I'd never met before so that she could give me a ride to this retreat place. And we connected right away. And we even realized that we were uh, wearing the same jewelry <laughs> as we met. This beautiful um, shell, beautiful, beautiful shell from South Africa. Hers was a ring and mine was a necklace. And she actually ended up becoming my my shamanic teacher, my my um, gogo, my baba in this South African uh, shamanic lineage. And it was just such a blessing to meet her out of the blue and spend that time at the retreat with her and continue working with her. Who in your life, Emmy, has had the biggest impact on you and why? Hmm. In many ways, my dad, largely because he had such a huge love for nature and he introduced me to the forest, to spending time by the sea and like spending lots and lots of time connected to Mother Earth because of his passion for it. But also from the perspective, because he was such a complex man and because he had so many wounds within himself that were never healed. And his way of parenting was also quite confusing because he would show lots of love in many ways, but then also punish us quite severely if we did something that he didn't agree with. And we would also suppress my views and my opinions to, to a large right. extent. So in that way, a big part of my life has been about healing the wounds from my childhood and bringing in a lot of compassion and forgiveness for him because what he experienced as a child and, and really starting to see him as, as a beautiful being with lots and lots of flaws who taught me so much about what it is to live and not live <laughs> yeah. in this lifetime. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? Mm, the best version of me is this radiantly smiling woman who <laughs> is just so connected to her power and to her, to her intuition and to her mission and her purpose that it just kind of shines from her. And when she walks into a room, people just feel that energy and are immediately drawn to her and want to find out more about her. I love it. If you had the opportunity, Emmy, to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? 
I hope I can say two. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> the first one would be Vandana Shiva, because okay. she is such a powerful, powerful advocate for environmental rights, for human rights, and is not afraid to speak her truth, is not afraid to take on the system, not afraid to take on people like Bill Gates and really expose their bullshit. And I would just love to pick her brains and soak up some of her energy into my being as well. And mm -hmm. the other one would be Mother Mary who has had such a huge, huge impact on me. She's one of my main guides and continues to support me in my work, in my personal life, and with whom I share a very beautiful bond and connection. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Stop caring what others are thinking about you. Live your life. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people... What would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? There is so much beauty in our world. Mother Earth is bountiful, plentiful, a living being. And if you've ever been taught to fear nature, if you've ever been taught to fear darkness, for example, inside the forest, please, please, please work on that fear, release it, heal it, and start connecting with Mother Earth as this living being. Because... Our existence truly depends on that. The future of humanity depends on us being able to live in harmony with Mother Earth, go back to the ancient ways, and remember that we are energetic beings and we are always connected to other beings on our planet and beyond. Beautifully said and a wonderful way to end the interview. Emmy, thank you so very much for this incredibly inspiring and beautiful conversation. It has been an absolute pleasure to get down, to get to sit down and, and speak with you and learn more about your journey and your insights and your knowledge and your wisdom. I appreciate you making and taking the time to be here with me today. And I'm absolutely honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. And thank you for all the beautiful work that you're doing. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world. Oh, thank you, Brad. I've really enjoyed this chat. And thank you for providing such a beautiful platform for so many women to speak their truth. My pleasure. It is my honor and it's it's my mission. That's why I'm here. I, I have to do this work. So thank you for being part of this of my journey. Mm, thank you. Honoring you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Emmy Muchali. She is the owner and founder of Feminine Revered, an intuitive healer, an energy medicine practitioner, a shamanic womb priestess, and a podcast host. Thank you so much, Emmy. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.